Hello, everyone. It's time again to talk Ann Arbor area prep hoops with your Coach Speak podcast crew, Derek Seidel from Napoleon, Josh Trope from Chelsea, and yours truly, Matt Seidel from Olivet, all head boys basketball coaches at their respective schools. Okay, fellas, uh, when this podcast uh, comes out this week, we'll be 19 days away from the start of the girls' season and 26 days away from the start of the boys' season. Uh, I assume both of you are getting uh, the itch. How's it going? It's going good. I know we obviously, me and you, Matt, sat down and talked a bunch of scheme stuff this weekend, which was great. Um, you know, I've, I've been busy today. At least my girlfriend's been more busy than me packing up stuff all over the apartment. I, you can't even walk through this place right now without tripping over a box because uh, we're going to be moving here, um, closing on the house tomorrow. So by the time the podcast comes out, I'll already be moved into the new house. But so that, I'm trying to get all that out of the way. So that way, by the time the season gets here, I'm, I'm uh, fully focused on basketball again. I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to think that Derek's place of residence is neat at other times because this dude is one of the sloppiest people I've ever seen in my life. So um, fortunately, uh, fortunately, Dana keeps him, uh, keeps him probably in check in that area. But Josh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I, I can't get over how fast little Derek's growing up. I mean, from the ball boy at, at Ipsy to uh, I feel like just the other day, he was my assistant at Chelsea, living at home, taking college classes at U of M and all of a sudden he's moving into his new house, you know, I'm living in sin, might I add with his no. girlfriend, but you know, well, that's a whole nother story. We'll get Rex involved for that one. But um, yeah, just uh, buying his house in Columbia central. I can't believe it. So growing up so fast. And she's a good sport. She's uh, she was at the house yesterday. We had the old Pinckney board out the one that I got as a gift back in the early nineties for our undefeated season. And where we had the quarters and the nickels and the dimes and the pennies, and we're breaking it down right there. And it was supposed to be like an hour or so. I think it ended up being the whole afternoon, but she just kind of sat through it. Even, even offered a little, uh, little advice on the, uh, the three, two zone. If we decided we wanted to try that, I think they played a little bit of that in Hanover back in the day when she played, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It was, uh, uh, it's and the season is rolling. Actually, it, it starts for me this week. I, I think I mentioned earlier that I, I'm going to be an eighth grade coach here, filling in for our eighth grade coach who's on the football staff. So I get to, I get to run some eighth grade practices in the next week or two, but um, at least get, get it going a little bit. So, so is um, middle school football done for you guys already? We don't have middle school football at Olivet. We have youth football. It's not run through okay. the school, but they still have a week left. So our, our basketball tryouts are conflicting with you know uh youth football so it's kind of a messy week coming up um but you know it's just part of the deal right now but we are starting this coming this week so anyway you know we're talking about looking forward to things before we get into our basketball topics of the day this happens to be uh finally back to where it should be uh dexter chelsea football week is uh is this week and i believe the games at dexter i will not be able to see it since we are hosting a game in o-town friday but I tell you what, uh, Chelsea, yes, undefeated, um, eight, no ranked number one in division four, but this Dexter football team, it, you know, you lose a guy like Colin Parachek and to be able to come back and have the kind of year that they're five and three, but their three losses are to, you know, what Bedford, Huron and Celine. And they, have, they pushed all three of those teams to the limit, really an exciting team, even after losing, uh, Parachek, um, you know, a few weeks ago to an injury, but, um, 
rumor has it he might even play Friday, but I just throwing that out there. There's my peeps are kind of telling me that, but we'll see. Maybe maybe he can talk his coach into that early return. But what do you guys think about that game? Is the streak going to come to an end, or is Chelsea continue to own the dreadnoughts? I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, it should be an exciting game. That you know, Dexter Chelsea there's always you know interest in the game, especially in recent years, even though it's still been maybe not as close of a game as the hype has been leading up to it. Um, you know, it, when you have a, a team like Dexter does where they just have what they've got an offensive tackle going to Kansas, Kansas I think, yeah. they've got a tight end, well, possibly going to play going to Michigan state. They got a running back who all the two, four, seven crystal balls are saying he's going to Michigan state. Like, I mean, we're talking three power five division one players, like knowing where Dexter was at just, you know, seven, eight years ago, it's just insane to be saying that. Um, and the thing with De- Dexter can clearly score points. They, they seem to struggle to stop good teams. Um, and the, the one thing, too, I feel like in these Dexter-Chelsea games, Chelsea has still been able to figure out how to slow down Dexter, even when they've gotten their offense going these last few years, even when Colin was there as the quarterback. They never had good offensive games against Chelsea. Um, so I think it would really take, you know, some big plays – from Dexter, you just always know that Chelsea is going to be sound and ready for, for what, you know, what, what Dexter is going to do. So maybe it, whether it's some trick plays or some, some big plays defensively, whatever, they're going to take some luck, something to swing their way. Um, I, I think it will be tough. I probably, if I was a betting man and you could bet on high school games, which obviously you shouldn't be able to, but uh, if you could, I, I would still take Chelsea, even though obviously I'm rooting hard for the dreadnoughts. I, I'm not sure they have three power five players. I don't think Kansas still counts as a power five school. They're so bad at football, but hey, um, hey, no, hey. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, that was a joke at Kansas's expense. Right, um, right. No, uh, I, I would say that um, I think Derek nailed it. I mean, defensively, I, I think Chelsea's a great matchup for Dexter and that's been the, the issue the last few years, right? Is Dexter's really powerful on offense and scores in bunches, but because uh, you know Grant Fanning does an amazing job with that defense, I feel like the strength is in our linebackers and our secondary and, and our safeties. It, I, I mean, it, they seem to be a really good matchup for Dexter and really slow them down. I saw them play Friday against St. Joe and they really struggled against the run. Uh, I think St. Joe attempted three passes the whole night. It was, it was like one of those type of things, just, you know, option, right, option, left, handoff, right, handoff, left. And that actually seemed to give us a little bit of a problem, but I think we're a really good matchup for Dexter. Dexter's a great football team, um, but nobody's beaten Chelsea this year. Mm. I got, I got one more thing I want to say about that. You know, Chelsea, this might sound funny. They haven't beaten anybody this year. Their schedule has been comical um, and nothing they can do about it. The only tough opponent they had before St. Joe was Pinckney, and Pinckney had to forfeit the game. You go, you go through and look at Chelsea's schedule. They haven't beaten a good team yet, so they're really kind of untested in their city. Kind of like a, a Michigan football schedule. Yeah, they're untested at 8 No, Yeah, but they, they haven't had to go to Nebraska and Wisconsin, okay? They haven't even had anything like that. They have to go to Dexter now. And uh, and they have had the answer for Colin Parachek and company and, and all the other great quarterbacks that have come through Dexter in the last 20 years, and there have been a few, actually. Um, but little, little Cal Balvinoff, uh, he's just kind of a different guy. And uh, he seems to be the alpha when Dexter and Chelsea get together on the basketball court, and I expect him to be this year as well. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Um, but I'm hoping he can uh, he can find some magic. And that that, that guy, is, I, I wouldn't put it past him either. I mean, he sounds like he had another great game Friday against Celine. So I wish I could see it. 
Um, but it's, uh, it, it should be, it should be a good one. Hopefully the weather's good. And it, um, like I said, I, I hope it's probably going to come down to the fourth quarter, like the, the other games Dexter's had with good opponents this year. So um, it's, it's funny you bring up Cal. I, I would say that's the one thing that scares me as a fan, like is he, him, I believe he is the X factor. I, I, I mean, I've seen that kid do so many things on the basketball court that I didn't think he'd ever be able to do that. I, I'm a little, little concerned about what he's going to do on the football field, but that's a great point that you brought up. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do have the weapons with him and Cabana and fusion and stuff. The one thing that's also interesting with this is um, the, the playoff implications. I mean, Dexter is sitting at five and three, like you said, they, they have the close losses to good teams, but you know, are they still going to be fine at five and four? It does look like they will be. I mean, they're currently eight, they're ranked 18th in division two in playoff points and you know, the top 32 get in. So they should be fine. Um, but it's funny, you know, I just, again, I don't want to get totally off topic on the football stuff, but I, I've been on this, I've been talking to Eno Matt about this. Like, it, the, the, the way the football playoff points are, is a totally different philosophy than the NPR is in basketball, like the way they set it up. And it's really bizarre um, where like, it's just, you know, in basketball, it's, it's all focused on, you know, playing against good teams that, that have winning records. That pretty much is what it's all about. I mean, you, you win, you winning games obviously helps. But your opponents, you're just looking for teams that are going to have good records. It doesn't matter what size the school is. You could be here on playing against a Class D school. If that Class D school is going to go 19 and one, that's going to help your 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 points in the NPR. It's the total opposite in in the playoff points, where it's all about just if you play bigger schools, or you need to beat bigger schools. It's all school size. It's really interesting. I think Dexter is going to be fine even at five and four. I know like not needing six wins anymore um, is probably going to benefit them, but I even have the, the division two pulled up. I mean, you currently have a three and five team. Lavonia Franklin is projected to be into the playoffs right now. And even, you know, at the three and five, that's crazy. I mean, before this change in the rules two years ago, they wouldn't even have been, you had to have at least five wins to be eligible. I just thought that that was something interesting. I don't know if you guys have, have noticed that or kept an eye on that at all. I don't have the math skills to notice that, but I have been listening to you over the last couple of days. It took a math major to figure all that out, but that, that is interesting. And it, the, the lack of consistency though, and, and you know, why is that? I don't know if that was an MHSA decision or if that these proposals came from, you know, the coaches associations and the MHSA just said, okay, let's go with that. Cause we obviously in basketball, we needed it to seeded and in football, you need it to determine who's in the playoffs, but yeah, it, it is, uh, it is interesting. Um, I mean, look at Napoleon at, at five and three in football, they could win this week and go six and three, and there's no guarantee they're even going to be in the playoffs. I mean, it, it may not get in and that's just, you know, um, and you're talking about a three win team getting in. So interesting, but. Yeah. I mean, it, like just to not to belabor the point, but. Napoleon is 40th in division six. And like on the list right here, you have one, two, three teams ahead of them that are three and five and Napoleon's five and three. <laughs> and you've got a team, you have teams in the playoffs that are currently four and four and, and, you know, well in the playoffs and Napoleon's five and three, and they're, they had to jump eight teams next week. You know, again, I, I'm not saying uh, maybe Napoleon hasn't played as good of teams or whatever, but it's just, it's just interesting to, to look at that at least. Well, we're talking about looking ahead and, and, and uh, you know, things that we're, we're looking forward to the season coming up. We're looking forward to the Dexter-Chelsea game. Um, we're also looking forward, obviously, to the basketball season and not just our own seasons and getting ready for practice, but just some of the great games that go on in the Ann Arbor area in both boys and girls basketball. So, so what we're going to do is spend a little bit of time just talking about 
I guess what, what we consider are the must-see games. And if we, had, I mean, we're, we're probably not going to get a chance to necessarily see these ourselves, but if we were recommending them to other people, or if we're just curious about the result and how this is going to work, um, let's talk about some of these, uh, these marquee matchups for the 21-22 season. Um, we're just going to kind of go around the table a few times until we run out of, of good ones. But Derek, why don't you start, um, let us know, I guess, is there a game that kind of that catches your eye right now? Um, that man, if you if you had a chance to go see it this year, you would. I mean, there's no other place to go with this than Dexter Chelsea, right? And and obviously this year you got the added bonus of they only are playing once, which is absolute insanity. So Brad Bush, Mike Babinall, whichever one of you decided to only play once, I need to talk to you or both of you or whatever. That needs to get changed. That's ridiculous. I don't care if it's a non-conference game. You got to play that game twice. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting into the game itself this year, it should be a really, really good uh, matchup. Obviously, Chelsea brings back um, a lot of their young guards from a year ago. Dexter graduated some some key guys, but they have, um, you know, some guys coming back that should make that interesting. And Dexter had Chelsea's number a year ago, like you mentioned previously. Mm -hmm. I know Cal was obviously the the you know the alpha dog, I guess as you called it, on the floor last year in those games. It'll be interesting to see. If he can do that again, I fully expect him to. But I think the problem might be you need him to guard like four different guys in that game, and he can only guard one of them, right? I mean, I know hmm. Ty Rickner will be out there as well. Um, but, you know, when you've got Jake Stevens, Matt Blanton, uh, Lucas Hannafan, and and uh, Cabana all out there for Chelsea, like, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. Um, you know, I think obviously Paracek's always an X factor. If you can get him to, to actually be healthy and be able to go in that game, that's huge. Um, I know they dealt with injuries all summer, Dexter did, but that's late in the year, so they should definitely um, be good to go by then. So um, that's definitely number one on the list for me. Well, my number one, uh, I'm just going to go by order of date of, of the games. My number one is the Tuesday, December 7th, and it's going to be Riverview at Celine. It's a really good Riverview team that's picked to win the league this year again. And uh, they're actually, I, I think, one of the better uh, teams downriver overall. It, regardless of class and it's going to be the first game for the new coach at Celine. It's the post Fosdick era. Um, I, I think that's a must see game. You got to be there. I mean, Riverview is going to be very good. You're going to have a new coach um, who they haven't even hired yet. They're going to have in place maybe the next week or two um, just barely getting to know his players. Um, and a lot of them will be playing football, uh, you know, close to Thanksgiving. So it's going to be a really interesting situation. I, you know, if, if I wasn't coaching this year, I would definitely be in Celine that first Tuesday just to see uh, who the new guy is and, and how they handle the uh, really athletic electrifying guards from Riverview. Speaking of that, there's been a, there's some rumors bouncing around this week about Celine. I think everybody, at least last week when we were talking, just assumed it was going to be an interim. Let's just put a guy in there and, uh, you know, the assistant coach and, and let him run the team this year. And then we'll worry about hiring a guy at the end of the year next year. Well, uh, been a lot of talk from uh, area coaches, area basketball fans that maybe Celine, I mean, the, the job is posted. If you look at the Celine website, it's out there and it's got one of the longest job descriptions for a job that pays like less than $5,000 I've ever seen. So they are definitely dotting their I's and crossing their T's, but would not be surprised if, uh, if, if, if something big happens here, you know, they obviously they, they need some big to replace the uh, big Jake, who's says he's enjoying his time. It's uh, at Con uh, Concordia right now. I had a chance to communicate with him today, but yeah, that, that, that is an intriguing game for that reason right there. No doubt about it. So I think my first one uh, also early in the year, and uh, 
Belleville, the team that I've been kind of talking a lot about and kind of thinking that they're going to um, maybe make some noise this year. And I'm kind of intrigued by, by the success that they could have. They play at, at River Rouge uh, on Friday, December 17. So that's the, uh, the second Friday of the year. And of course, that's Adam Trimpour and, and one of the best teams in our area traveling to the historic River Rouge High School where Josh Baker makes his return to Michigan High School basketball. And I don't, you know, I, I assume that they're going to be pretty good. Uh, just knowing Josh and I know he can coach. He's got a great staff. Uh, they always got players at Rouge. And I, I, I'm not sure I can necessarily name his starting lineup right now. But that game right there, if I had, a, if I had that Friday free, I might make that trip over there to Rouge and check that out. I'm sure I'd be welcome in the River Rouge gym uh, uh, after all these years, but um, I, that that one is that one's interesting to me. No doubt, no doubt. I like both those ones that you guys listed off for sure. Um, I, I've kind of got a theme to my my choices here. So the, my next one is is Lincoln at Ipsy. They play on Friday, January 14th. And again, if you look through the schedules, what you'll notice they're only playing once again. But again, rivalry game. Um, another situation where you've got Lincoln now is in the SEC. Um, red and Ipsy is in the SEC white. So they're not in the same conference anymore. Obviously this used to be the, or the interdivision, whatever you want to call it rivalry. Um, it no longer is that. So they only get to play once. Um, I think that, you know, that game's always, uh, always hyped up, especially when the two teams are good. I'm not sure, um, you know, that they're, they're quite at the level they've been in the past, but I still think that that would be a very, very good game, very competitive game. Um, you know, with, with Coach Davis and Coach Ramsey's teams going at it, um, and that would be one that would definitely be good to see. It's always hopping in that Ipsy gym when, when Lincoln comes to town. My second game is in the middle of the season, and it's on Saturday, January 29th, and it is at the Chelsea Showcase. It's the Chelsea and Grass Lake girls game. Uh, Coach Cabana brings her defending state champs into the Chelsea gym to play Coach Scheffler and, and the Chelsea girls. Both teams will be top 10, maybe top five teams in the state to start the year. There will be six to nine college players on the floor, depending on the lineup at the time. Uh, the talent will be unbelievable. Grass Lake is a short, short drive down the street. Um, and so I would, I would expect it to be close to a sellout for a girls basketball game. It's a noon tip. Um, and then, you know, a little spice to the, the game as well is that Coach Cabana's son, who will then later be playing for Chelsea boys in that same showcase against Benton Harbor. I might have to I have to work that one into my schedule for sure. It's 29, eh, yeah, 29 for sure. I'm going to stay on the Grass Lake um, girls theme. And this is the one that it made me, I, I was so sure that it was inaccurate that I, I texted uh, Scott Stein from Arbor Prep today, and he confirmed that this game is actually going to take place. The last week of the regular season, the defending, you know, this is girls basketball, the defending division three state champ Grass Lake, is going to play arguably the best girls team in the state this year, uh, maybe on paper, Arbor Prep. They're going to play each other in a regular season game at the end of the season on Tuesday, February 22, and that one's at Grass Lake. And they very likely, I think everybody would be disappointed if they didn't meet again just a couple of weeks later in the uh, quarterfinals. So it's kind of interesting just the placement. Them playing early in the year, in the middle of the year is one thing, but to play the last week of the regular season, I find that kind of uh, – kind of interesting and just uh, even strategic on, I wonder they, they, maybe they're both happy about it. Maybe there's some mad, you know, some uh, reason behind it, but I would not want to play 
the opponent that I'm going to have a big game with in a quarterfinal game. I would not want to play him in late February. Josh, you're smiling. Do you know something that I don't know? But what's going on there? No, I don't. I'm just laughing because I wouldn't want to play him that close either. I'm just it's that's what I noticed when I saw the time yeah, in the game. Okay. I almost thought it was a misprint. Right, right. Yeah, that that's definitely odd. Um, <clears throat> all right, my last game here is again. I'm sticking with that rivalry theme here. Um, you know, we talked in our in our top storylines about you know the battle for Ann Arbor. So we had to have, in my opinion, one of these Ann Arbor matchups on there. Obviously, there's you know six of them or whatever every year. <laughs> um, but I went with the Pioneer at Huron game on Friday, January 28th. Again, um, I may have made a little bit of a bold take with picking Pioneer to be the best uh, team in Ann Arbor. And again, that's probably biased because they beat us by 150 in the summer. That, that number is going to keep growing every time I reference it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that'll obviously be a big game. Uh, you know, I, I always, I like picking the game at the Riverdome too. You know, so give you get that interesting atmosphere there. Uh, obviously again, I think all those uh, Ann Arbor clashes are going to be good this year. Cause I think that there is, um, there's not a clear pecking order yet. I think there's an argument to be had now. I'm sure we will, it'll, it'll play out over the year, but that, that's one that I, I figure we had to get on there. I think that's a great pick, but you do realize we're now going to hear from Keith Wade on social media because we didn't pick a skyline game. I just want to prepare you guys for that. So um, my third game <laughs> is at the end of the season and I'm going to kind of stay with my theme about coaches and, and the, the intrigue that they bring to it. And I'm going to pick the Milan at Arbor prep game on Thursday, March 3rd, the week before districts, uh, Nate Edwards, the new Milan coach, former Arbor prep assistant returns to Arbor prep with his new team for a little, uh, postseason tune-up going into districts. I think it's actually a great move by both teams. Both Milan and Arbor Prep will be favored to win their districts and both have really good teams this year. As we've discussed in the pod before, Arbor Prep's probably poised to make a Breslin run. Um, so this will be a great matchup um, between head coach and former assistant. And, and I believe Nate was the one that coached the team um, in that tough loss to Hanover Horton last year. Okay. Uh, my third one here is um... – I'm going to stick with the girls basketball uh, theme on my end. This would be two out of three with girls basketball. And this is not a, not a definite matchup, but it's a possible matchup. In the, the uh, Christmas tournament that Gabriel Richard is hosting on the girls' side, I think they're having a, a boys' tournament and a girls. And, and I don't know where the boys is, but Richard is hosting the girls. It's a bunch of, you know, bunch of Catholic schools getting together and playing. Gabriel Richard and Lansing Catholic, are, are on a collision course if they both can hold serve and their uh, their uh, Lumen Christi and um, Flint Powers are there as well. If Gabe Richard can hold serve and win their first game and Lansing Catholic wins its first game, they will play on December 29 at Richard. And Richard, obviously a, a quarterfinal team a year ago. Lansing Catholic, that team that blew out Chelsea last year in the state tournament, they basically have everybody back from that team. That was a diaper squad. So um, it just it, it intrigues me. Anytime Coach Kane is the underdog, he's he's always got something up his sleeve. He's, he'll do something interesting to keep that game competitive. I'm sure if they even get a chance to play him, obviously they're going to have to have a significant win in the semis to get to that game. But that one intrigues me on December 29, um, if if it if it takes place. So it's not 100 percent there. I was going to say the um, the Olivet Napoleon exhibition game on January 4 is the one I'm really looking forward to. Um, but that's more of a personal issue, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that for for discussion uh, on January fifth. 
<laughs> I probably should shut up talking about that. So, but uh, any, any other ones that get honorable mention from you that we need to throw out there or are we good for now? Oh, one honorable mention, just two other, I think, you know, intriguing teams in the area that are playing. I think it's kind of a cool game was the, uh, the Hanover Horton boys at Western um, boys on, on Tuesday, January 4th. I think that's kind of a, an intriguing game. And then sticking with Western again, I know I, I got this Jackson County tilt now that I, you know, I'm over here more, but uh, either of the Parma Western girls games against Arbor prep or grass Lake, they're both playing, you know, they're, they're playing each other as well. I think that kind of trio of teams when they play each other, it, it's intriguing. Um, they're all Breslin contenders. So I think those are the, other, the, the, the Arbor prep at Western girls is on two, one, and uh, Parma Western at Grass Lake Girls is on uh, December 3rd. Yeah, I would say my two honorable mention would be Huron at Skyline on Friday, February 4th. Um, I, I do think that will have a, um, a big say in who wins the red and, you know, city bragging rights. And then I would say another one that's really intriguing to me, because we're going to find out um, if the Napoleon Pirates have what it takes this year to get past center. And I think the result of that Friday, February 18th game at Napoleon will tell us a lot, you know, leading into districts in, in early March. The only one I'm going to mention is an honorable mention. Um, you know, Steve Brooks took over at Wayne last year at left Ipsy after many successful seasons. And I remember when he first took over at Ypsilanti, it didn't happen right away. It didn't happen right away when he took over at Angster either, but give him time to kind of implement his, his style of play and his defensive system and get the kids in that building and on that team that, that he wants. Um, Belleville and Wayne obviously play all the time, but they, they play on once is at Wayne Tuesday, January 25th. Um, you know, with, again, the Belleville team that I keep talking about. Uh, but I'm just curious that if Wayne can turn the corner, we know they have a special player coming uh, the following season. He's in the eighth grade right now. Um, but I, I, I got, I got, you know, I, I got a feeling that they're going to show uh, signs of improvement this year. And um, it would not surprise me if Steve gets that thing going in the direction that, that we're accustomed to seeing him do. So, um but yeah, that was good. There's, I mean, obviously, there's so many other ones too. And, and as the season develops, we're gonna we're gonna see others. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna create themselves because teams are coming out of nowhere and having good years, or and and maybe some teams will struggle and make it more interesting as well. So, but hey, before we go there, you know, there are a couple of national topics that we've um, you know this is not really a national podcast, but man, it's hard to be a human being and not and not uh, and follow some of the the um, I guess the big the big topics that have that hit us. Um, you know, right, right between the eyes, I guess. Let's, let's start first with, with um, John Gruden, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the Raiders coach. John Gruden is like one of my favorite NFL football coaches. You know, I mean, I, just, I loved him before uh, during the quarterback thing that he used to do, whatever they called that. He was great when he, you know, he, he mentored those kids. He was part of that quarterback development program. Obviously, uh, the hard knock segment. Um, you know, and, and now, of course, he's with the Raiders. Well, we all know, if you, unless you've been underneath a rock, um, he has resigned under fire for some uh, uh, emails that were discovered, uh, some as long as 10 years ago, and, and some much more recent uh, that kind of paint him as a, a different person than maybe his, uh, his public uh, persona. So any thoughts on, on that? Did that, that catch you off guard? I mean, you, got, you got any opinion about the whole thing with Gruden, especially especially considering the way it all came out? I mean, I think the, the first thing I, I that it was just sad, you know, sad to, to hear that um, 
somebody that works with athletes and, and has spent his lifetime in the locker room could uh, feel that way about people or say those things. You know, I, um, you know, we obviously we've struggled as a country the last few years um, with finding middle ground and treating people the right way. And we're making some strides, but some would argue we, we have a long way to still go. Um, but, but I always thought that anybody that spent their life in a locker room would, would not have these racist thoughts, prejudiced thoughts. And, and, and that was really surprising to me because I always thought the, the locker room was the greatest melting pot and um, place to be accepted. Like I said, I, it, it was, it saddened me, but um, didn't shock me. But um, obviously, I mean, he'll, he'll never work again after those things came out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not, I think, you know, it shocked me a little bit just to, to hear that those things coming out. I mean, you know, sometimes you're like, man, it's, it's crazy to think of somebody getting fired for something from that long ago. But then they also think back and it's like, yeah, it's still just inexcusable um, to, to be using some of the language and, and the, you know, stuff that would that that had come out there um you know yeah, it, was, it was interesting too i mean it, it seemed like it wasn't going very well on the football field even out there in las vegas and he had this 10-year contract um so it kind of was like i was waiting for this thing that was like slowly developing into this problem where it's like at some point here vegas is going to want to move on from the guy and because he's not doing as well as he needed to um so that that's kind of I had a feeling this one was going to become a, an awkward situation at some point because they had such that long contract. Well, it blew up much earlier than I was expecting. And yeah, I mean, hopefully again, hopefully we stop seeing this type of stuff, you know, moving forward. So I'm sure we're going to learn some more from him. I mean, it's it, it, like I said, he's just, he's one of my favorite guys. So it, it really hit me like, man, that, you know, it's just really like, that's, that's who he is or how, how did that even happen? Um, but you know, but, Derek Carr said it best. I thought, I thought his, his comments about him, he says, you know, I guess he, I mean, Derek Carr loves this guy. And he said, he goes, I love the man. I hate the sin. And yep. uh, it's not like he's going to give up on John Gruden as a friend of his and a mentor and somebody that's important to him. I uh, just, you know, he doesn't obviously agree with what he, what he said or did. Um, you know, it's kind of like kind of where I am. I mean, I don't even know John Gruden, but I get somebody that I've admired and just, I, he enter, he's an entertainer in my opinion too. It also just makes me like, you know, people when they're, they put stupid things in writing. I mean, I, 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 you'd be foolish to think there aren't just a, a lot of people who think the way he thinks. That's, that's part of the problem with our society, that we have people that have views that are just like jaded. And it's, but, and it's hard to get past that, whether it's political or, or in some of these areas where Gruden got caught. But when you, you put things in writing, man, they just, they're there. They're there forever, you know, and I, I deal with kids all the time. They're putting, they post things like, you know, if you, you want to say something, say it or think it, but you, know, you put it in writing, it's, it's permanent. And um, it's just a, it's a life lesson, but um, it doesn't change the fact that, that he thinks that way. And again, those are, those are problems we all have to face every day. So. And I mean, the yeah. one thing too, to know is that you, you you can change your views can change, right? right. Like, so ho hopefully he, gr he grows from this and maybe, yeah, you know, maybe he can move on from, I, I think like the, I, you know, I listen to Colin Coward. Some, I don't always agree with everything he says, but I know this is not on this specific topic, but in other areas he, he, he's mentioned before, he loves to use the, the reference to Obama in his first term ran as again, I actually should probably fact check this, but he says it on his show multiple times where Obama ran uh, against, he wasn't pro gay marriage during when his first time he was getting elected and then you know but during his time in office they passed 
gay marriage. But when he was first running, he wasn't, that wasn't how it was listed on his views. Like he was against it. So again, you can change over time. Uh, again, I should probably fact check whether Coward's actually saying something that's accurate or not. But again, he's, I've heard him say it multiple times and it's just one that I think kind of think drives home. You can change, your views can change. Hopefully they do in that, in that situation. Governor Wimmer, I mean, her, her views change every day. So, I mean, fruit <laughs> right there. Sorry, I, I like big, I like big rush. I, I, I shouldn't have done that. One more national story that uh, I, I think we're just going to touch on because we've talked enough about it. You know, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving has been in the news. He's, he's always in the news, but uh, he's, 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 he's in the news a lot right now. Obviously, he's decided not to get vaccinated. And as, as a result, uh, at first, it was he's not going to be able to play or practice in New York, which, by the way, his team happens to reside in New York. And then, you know, there's Canada and then there's California. I mean, it looked like he was going to play like nine games and practice six times all year. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it wasn't too far from that. And now he's just been kind of shut down by, by the Nets and he's just not going to be allowed to play or practice uh, based on his choice to not be vaccinated. So thoughts on on Kyrie and just the whole the whole deal there I give my I'm probably not going to speak on this in the area you might expect me to but I think the the experiment in player empowerment that's going on in Brooklyn is extremely intriguing right like it's basically the players are running the show there and it was really looking that way until they finally came out and said yeah Kyrie this isn't gonna work like you can't just you know participate 20 percent of the time this year but um you know player empowerment has been coming so fast here these last few years and the NBA is you know obviously the furthest ahead and I think in general, it's a positive thing. Uh, but I think this is just a glaring situation where it was, it was a, just a major negative. Like just to, to, to think that you're going to have a guy that's just going to be like a part-time dude. And just like the, the team aspects of that would just have been unreal. Like just imagine having a high school player that, that, you know, was only going to only going to practice occasion, like, you know, once a week and, and play a game, you know, once a week or half your games, less than half your games. Like it just, it just like, how would you even mesh that? Like there's so much more to it than and I get the NBA. It's there's more games than there is practice as opposed to the way it is in high school, but still just the, the whole team aspect of the growing as a group, the, the, you know, the whole part of the sport being a team sport, it just would have been gone from there. So I, I think in the end, the, 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 the nets made the right move up. I I'm really intrigued to see how it resolves. Like, again, I, I, I'm, I obviously am a podcast guy. I listen to the dunked on podcast, but in Nate Duncan and his whole thing is they got, if they, it'll, it's going to take them finding some way for Kyrie to save face and, and be able to come back. Like he's not just going to get vaccinated and come back. Like they need to find some other way for him to save face, but wh- what, how can he do that? I really don't know. I guess I'll take a different approach to this is, you know, I heard yesterday and I don't know if this is true. Maybe you'll be able to help me out. I, I heard Caldwell Pope played uh, the Knicks yesterday in New York and he's not vaccinated, but it was okay that he went and played there because his team went in and visited. Now that, again, that makes about as much sense as teams playing in Washington County wearing a mask, but not in Jackson County. And then when we play in Jackson County, not wearing a mask, but when we play in Washington County, wearing a mask. So at least, at least I can relate to the confusion and uh, lack of consistency. Um, but the other thing I, I can't understand, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do with their life or what not to do. 
but I will say this. I will never understand someone not getting vaccinated. I won't. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying we should mandate the vaccine. I just don't get it. Like, to me, I, it's a simple decision. Like, hey, I, I want to make $180 million a year. I don't want to lose one of the years in my prime. Give me the shot. And and I know that he feels strongly against it, and that's fine. That's his right. Um, but I, I don't get that. I would be like, you know, I, I don't want to miss this opportunity to win an NBA title, to, again, get one of the my years in my prime and continue to play the game I love. Um, the money's really not an issue for him anymore. So I guess the 180 million, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a lot of money to me, but maybe not to him, but I, I don't understand it. I just don't understand. And, and I, and I'm not saying he's got to do it. I just don't get it. You are accurate about the, the law only applying to the home team. I, I don't know why I haven't read into it or heard, I just, I have heard that it only applies to the home team. So in New York, it's only the home teams in LA. It only applies to the Lakers and Clippers and, and in San Francisco, it only applies to the Warriors, the visiting team. You can play. I, I don't know what the law is that's mandating it. I don't know how it's worded, but for some reason it, 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 cr it creates that situation, which it doesn't make any sense. And I, I'm kind of with Josh. I mean, it, it, you know, it's your responsibility as a human being to get vaccinated, like for, for the greater good, whatever happened to that. Um, forget, you know, now as a professional athlete who, who gets paid a lot of money and represents a city and, and, uh, and, and has an owner that, you know, what a salary he has, it's your responsibility as a teammate too. I mean, it's just a, it's just one of the most selfish things that, that I think about. And, but it's, you know, it's not just him. We have people that have the same attitude as him. They just aren't professional basketball players or professional entertainers, but yeah, I, I, I don't get it either you know, get, get the flipping shot and nobody's dying from the, the vaccine. And yes, yeah, some people still, the, the, that virus fights right through the vaccine sometimes, but um, it's, it's not hurting anybody. Uh, just, just get it. And it, it makes little sense at all. It's kind of a, it's an interesting thing. Kyrie's right in the middle. He always ends up in the middle of stuff like this. That was the one thing he said in his Instagram post, like, you know, he's always like, uh, he's a target, but then again, you make, you make selfish decisions like that. You become a target. And and I, you know, I don't, I don't mind. I'm an educator. I'm going to be coaching kids, people. I don't, I don't promote my opinion. Although I guess I'm on this podcast doing it right now, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I just think it's selfish. People ask me what I think, get the vaccine. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and your teammates in jeopardy, especially whether you're a high school athlete, a college athlete or, or a pro athlete. I, I don't mind the mandate at all. Um, but we'll see. I, I think he's going to end up being vaccinated here soon, but that's just me. So I, I don't know what's going to turn it, but maybe there will be a, a formula that allow him to save face. I mean, like, like Derek said earlier, people change. And I mean, I, I think one point Kyrie thought the world was flat, right? I mean, he so did. yes, that was him. Yes. <laughs> maybe he'll change his mind on this too. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, hey, fellas, that was fun. A little football. We got some national news, and we and we talked about some uh, local basketball games. So um, we are closing in on our string of previews, and I think the next time that we uh, that we join you, we may have preview number one. It'll be a surprise which one it's going to be, probably because we're not 100% sure where we're going to start, but we're going to get going with our previews, start talking about the upcoming uh, season, individuals, teams, coaches, et cetera. Really looking forward to that as we uh, get ready for our own season. So. Um, great, great seeing you guys again. Uh, we will talk to you again next week.